0: Say Shura, the music podcast.
1: All right, welcome to Say Shura. I'm Scoot Magoo. I'm Jim Jam. And today we have quite an array of topics to talk about. <laughs> odd. It's it's kind of all over the place, but it, I... it, and half of it is Scott's fault, so blame him yeah the first two items really were um, were my idea. the first of which Jimmy was a little begrudging to talk about, but I just found, um, I feel like based on your responses to my text, you thought I was gonna like trash or like be totally no, negative I, and salty. it's
0: it, it, it's more like um, when like like I feel like this podcast shouldn't be a platform to just sort of complain about things. Um, Yeah. You know, like, like yeah, exactly. If we have something intelligent to say, I think we should say it. Um, But then I I think also, you know, um, I think the things that annoy us, I think they're they're best taken care of by, by ignoring them. You know, like, but not giving them the power. So, th- that's the sort of stuff that went through my mind. But I think there's, I think there are actual conversations we can pull out of these two topics. So Yeah, there was a,
1: yeah. a main central thing about the first topic that I found really fascinating that I think is kind of a commentary on our, our culture. But in any case, just to talk about what it is, <laughs> there's a new movie coming out in June called Yesterday. And I'd heard, before I watched it, I watched the trailer this week. It's actually, the trailer was released, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um... But the premise I, I heard is you know a world that where the Beatles never existed, and I was like okay that's I mean I'm kind of curious what that could be but you know let's let's hear it out, and apparently based on the trailer and again this is just based on the trailer but I think there are some things from the trailer you can glean are going to define the entire movie just based on some choices they made but in any case this guy this global blackout and this guy gets hit by a bus and when he yep. when he wakes up. The Beatles never existed. They're just—they were just not ever a band. Um, and so he just—he just, and in the trailer he, he discovers this by playing. I think he plays what Hey Jude. To his, he he yeah. plays Yesterday oh, he, he, uh, to yeah, his okay. friend. Oh, and, and they're like,
0: "What is that? That's so beautiful." Yeah. And then they make right. a
1: joke like "LOL," like you know, it's one of the best songs ever written. He's like, "Oh well, you know, like it's uh, you know, it's not no Coldplay or whatever." And then eventually yeah. he just he just starts Loki just playing. Beatles songs and becomes yeah, this global... plagiarizing we'll, we'll, we'll plagiarizing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just he, yeah. he just like, doesn't do anything different with them. He just plays... The, and then he becomes this global star. And then we're to, we're to assume that that causes... You know, with any kind of one of these movies... Causes problems with his life, whatever. And honestly, it looks like a really fun, cute movie. I don't know. Look, looks kind of, you know... Kind of nice, uh, you know, cute rom-com. You know, musical-based rom-com, whatever. There are some big big issues with the premise, which I think speaks to how our culture views the Beatles. Because, I mean, this isn't, there aren't many other bands that have, this, you know, this many pieces of media based on them. I mean, you have the whole Cirque du Soleil live show uh, based across on, the universe. yeah, you have across the Universe, now you have this movie. Like, there really aren't many bands where they have, you know, you know the whole premise of this movie is predicated on the fact that. They're you know one of if, you know probably arguably the most influential band in the world. Now that I think is the main issue with the movie because because they're the most influential band in the world, it seems odd that based on the trailer, nothing about music seems to have changed. Based on the fact that yeah. they're referring to Coldplay being a band, which I assume they clearly have taken influence from the Beatles. Also, Ed, yeah. Ed Sheeran is just a character. I was just going to say that. And he certainly took some influence from the Beatles. Um, Yeah.
0: um, Yeah. And I
1: I just thought that was interesting. And that's kind of my main takeaway from this is this is a movie that simultaneously celebrates how influential, how great the Beatles were. But also the premise ignores that. And this even goes beyond music. This goes to just, you know, almost like time traveling 101. Like, yeah, was, alternate history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it ignores, you know, how, how different things would be. Uh, the other two main issues to me are one: as great as the Beatles were, it's kind of hard for me to believe that their music would have the kind of impact this movie's implying in 2019. Like, mm. if, if you just, you know, introduced the Beatles in 2019, I don't. I mean, the type of music they write, they wrote, is just not as popular now. It just isn't. So it's hard to believe that it would be as popular. And more importantly, it's hard for me to believe that some dude, like some random guy, could just start playing, you know, Hey Jude and suddenly, you know, become a mega mega million, you know, the greatest song songwriter ever. Um so I mean, I, that's kind of all I have to, to I just I think it's interesting. Uh, I mean, yeah. the movie does look fun and cute. I would like to see it, but it kind of to me speaks to just how how much of a cultural um Phenomenon. The Beatles even still are. I mean, within um, I think it was what the 50th anniversary of their final rooftop concert was a couple weeks ago. Um, that, that sounds about right. Yeah, like it, it was a big. They marked you know everyone. They were like you know concerts around the world where they. I think it was on top of their their studio in yeah England. it was yeah. yeah. And so it's kind of crazy that even still today they have such this following to the point that like a major Hollywood film. You know, yet another major Hollywood film would be based on their music. Um, yeah. Um, so, thoughts. Um, first off,
0: like I- I- if you're expecting Hollywood to be creative in any way at all, um, you're completely wrong. There is little to no like like uh, major motion pictures are probably the most creatively bankrupt piece of media in the world right now like all all they're doing nowadays is just taking things and just like like either you know rebooting a series or you know making a movie from an anime series that nobody cares about or you know what have you uh it's like making movies based off of emojis you know (laughs) so (laughs) it, it just like 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 that part of it is like like none of this actually surprises me that this would be a movie but what really is strange now i've just been reading this on the on the wikipedia page so you know don't know if that's totally true but it says that um it was supposed to be a musical comedy set in the 1960s or 70s and center a uh, center on this whereas if you watch the trailer there are smartphones in this thing there are like you know all sorts of you know twenty
1: eighteen tech. Oh, is it really supposed to be back then? Well, or at least originally it was. I, originally, and, yeah, and I because, think like that said, would that's that, just not, that would actually yeah. make sense.
0: Like that that would actually comply to some logic. But yeah. with this, it's like mm, I don't know because here's the thing: like like there there are people who are basically doing. Um, you know, sort of that classic rock formula still, uh, like, and I'm talking about like really early rock and roll type of stuff. Like Leon Bridges, for example, is, you know, an artist who's, you know, coming out with new material to this day. And all he's doing really is just sort of digging through, uh, you know, those old sounds and sort of bringing them to a new audience. So like, but I mean, have you ever heard of
1: Leon Bridges? (laughs) Uh, the name sounds familiar. I don't really. I can't say I know much more about him than my, my that he point exists. exactly.
0: My point exactly. So if if we had some other dude doing the same thing, like it would it wouldn't be a global phenomenon. So, but I mean, the, like I, I think the whole alternate history thing is sort of um, I don't know superfluous to a certain extent because like the, the, there's so many things that you could sort of you know assume you know that a world without the beatles like what what that would be like so it's just like it's i i I get your complaints against it but at the same time i sort of just don't care (laughs) yeah i think that's why i I, I
1: meant i meant to say like this is kind of just it's something I find interesting. I mean, it's not really a yeah. big deal. Yeah, I, I, I meant like you know, like I'm not one to like you
0: know, and me, I'm like the first one who will like poke holes in stories, plots, um, and I, I think this is you know a pretty, pretty big hole. Um, God, no, no, nobody, nobody isolate that audio, please. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, but. At the same time, it just doesn't like. It's not like this is. Um, it's not like this is like Man of the High Castle, where it's like, oh yeah, like it's supposed to be like this serious thing, you know. It, this is supposed to be like a comedy movie.
1: Yeah, so for sure, it, like, for sure. It, it
0: it it like I I think you're you're allowed like a little leeway with it, you know. Like as opposed to I mean again, something like Man of the High Castle where the Nazis won World War Two, you know, and like. You know, Western America is, like, just completely dominated by the Japanese and, like, you know, all this stuff. Um, or even there's a book called uh, The Alteration. I think it's by, I want to see it's either Martin or Kingsley Amos that is, uh, it's alternate history based around the supposition that um, Martin Luther never uh, actually divided from the Catholic Church mm. and became Pope. Mm. Um so there's a lot of interesting stuff there but it's just like again like i think those two examples are you know much more serious in their in their scope and in their study this is more like oh this would be a cute idea for a movie so i'm just like whatever like but i will say that when i was watching the trailer for this the first time i was like this is pretty much like greta van fleet the movie. <laughs> in a way, like I mean, yeah. like <laughs> it's 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 really weird that like this comes out in a world with Greta Van Fleet because like this is pretty much what they're doing except that Led Zeppelin still exists.
1: <laughs> yeah, so. I, I mean th- that that's a really good point. Is that there's, um, there is kind of a laziness to this that, I mean. I'm assuming. I I,
0: I I meant more like it's like you could almost take this as a commentary on
1: modern music in a way. That's true, it, 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 But from a film bankers' perspective, I mean, I'm sure this was a this was a, a softball pitch to whoever you know music executives, because a all the music is be are Beatles songs, which you know again people love the Beatles. Uh, you don't have to like write any original music. I mean, it's again he's just playing Beatles songs. Um, well, I, I, I guess
0: it, it says that Ed Sheeran is is gonna be like writing new music for the movie too. Oh, good. But um, I mean, but but it's sort of like who cares because you know one, it's Ed Sheeran, and two, it's like it, it's you know a music in a Beatles movie that's not the Beatles. So
1: it's like who who cares? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> um. Yeah. I. I mean. I, I just. I just thought it was interesting. I mean, it's yeah, um, it,
0: it's it's definitely it's it, it's. I mean, you, you definitely gotta admit that this is sort of like this is a low point of creativity for for major motion pictures. No, it it <laughs> but, it really is.
1: I mean, again, like
0: it, I said, it, it, I, I say this as a as like a diehard Beatles fan. I like uh, this is just like kind of ridiculous. It's like on a like across the universe at least like. You know, makes a little more sense in the way that, like, you know, it's a movie inspired by Beatles songs, like sort of written into it. Like, you know, it's it's more of an homage than it's just as opposed to like, oh, the Beatles are here, so let's let's use them as as this sort of jumping off point. Yeah. Um, Like, there was actually like some creativity involved, basically.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, again, I, I do think that. It does look like a fun movie. I'm interested to see it but um...
0: I, I I'm I'm really not <laughs> honestly I I but but it's not because I think oh this is garbage. it's more like I just couldn't care either way. like <laughs> it's just like so inconsequential to me like and, and I mean to be fair, I don't really go to movies anymore um just because it's like what's the point of paying like ten bucks probably more to you know sit next to a bunch of assholes who keep having their phones on for the whole thing like like that's just not a fun experience for me so um yeah
1: i I guess i guess i'm also i'm also interested to see how if they do do anything uh interesting like if if they kind of yeah yeah there you go i I was trying to skate past that uh they do do comment on it's fine the comment on, you know, the fact that things are different now. Because, uh, well, I mean, so I, it, think, it, I think I think that doing... It says,
0: sorry, it, it says that Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr actually have, like, cameos in it.
1: So... That's kind of funny. I'm sure they do, like, a small, like, Stanley type role. Because, I, I mean, otherwise it wouldn't make any sense. Like, obviously they can't show up as Paul McCartney. and I mean, I guess... Well, he... no, they, like, you can still be... You no, know, because it says they show up as themselves. So, like,
0: technically, like, this is a world where, like... Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr and, like, George Harrison and John Lennon all still are a lot. Like, you know, like, they, they still existed, but they never, you know, like, formed and wrote music,
1: basically. Or, or at least that, like, n- nobody remembers it. That's interesting. Yeah. Um. I mean, Yeah, so now I'm even more interested to see how they weave that in. Um, because then if you're saying that, you know, Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr were their own, uh, and then how are they going to handle... Well, obviously they can't have George Harrison and John Lennon, you know, for pre- pretty obvious yeah. reasons. But how are they going to handle that? Because, I mean, you're talking about people who all—I mean—they all contributed to, you know, not only their own influential songwriting, but obviously the songwriting for the Beatles. So did they go on to do their own thing? I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah. i, I, I think. I mean, again, I'm not going to see it, but I—I I, I sort of hope that like one of them is sort of like this crazy homeless man. <laughs> who yeah. like who like thinks that he wrote it? He wrote all these songs oh, and that's like ass- assaults like the main character like halfway through the film. Like that would be great. Yeah, uh, that that might actually like entice me to actually watch it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but as at this point, no.
1: Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you were willing to uh, to humor me about this only because yeah. I I really don't like. Um, it's kind of like what what you said at some point along the way is I really don't or, or rather I like to poke holes in, in plots like if a movie yeah. has a plot that doesn't make sense to me that really bothers me oh um, yeah so. I, I get that and,
0: and I, I think that there's I mean that's a whole conversation right there because I think that there are a lot of people who are like really sick of that of people poking holes into um plots you know but Like, I I watch a movie like The Maze Runner, and, like, there are tons of plot holes in that that don't make any sense and are actually integral to the story. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, it's just, like, yeah, it's just, like, one of those things. uh, It can go either way.
1: Yeah, I I think that's the main thing that bothers me is when you have a plot hole that... um, Because typically... The reason plot holes are there are just to... It makes it easier for them to move the story along, but ultimately it kind of undermines the general plot. Um, so like, it's, it's not always that it's easy to move the story along. It, it's more that, like, it's something that, you know, like, they just didn't think about. Sure, <laughs> sure. All, although, I mean, I, I guarantee, you know, in this specific instance, I guarantee someone along the way was like, I mean, this is kind of an issue. But I feel like they just kind of ignored the fact of, of some of the... The, the plot issues with the, this movie, you know, yeah. with the fact that the Beatles didn't exist because they wanted to tell the story they wanted to tell. Like I, there's no way no one along the way brought up these issues. Um, oh, yeah. But no, obviously, definitely. you're right. It's, it's almost worse when they didn't even think about it, especially when it's like a pretty obvious plot hole and they, it just never occurred to them. Um, yeah. But. Yeah. In any case, we have yeah. uh, another... Um, it's funny, you brought up Greta Van Fleet, because I feel like we're going to talk about them in our next uh, little segment, yeah. about um, the Grammys. And obviously, over the years, or you know, as long as we've had a podcast, we've you know, at, at some point or another, made some digs at the Grammys, either Jimmy or I. Um, yeah, deservedly so. And, and and this year there was some interesting um, choices, to say the least that mm. I figured were worth. but something that I thought was interesting, and I don't know if I ever really assumed I would say this, but I, I kind of agree with Drake. Um, Drake received an award for something and I, I don't even remember what he received it for, but he went up there and so there, there's they don't agree whether or not he had his mic cut off or he uh, you know, he was done his speech. Um, but he said, I want to take this opportunity while I'm up here to just talk to all the kids that are watching this aspiring to do music. Um, oh, that's not the quote. He, he basically, he said something to the effect of, um, you know, when, when people come out to see your show in the pouring rain, when people buy your music, that's, you know, that's you succeeding. You know, that's what really matters. And he basically was insinuating that awards like the Grammys don't matter. And it was kind of honest and kind of nice to hear, you know, a prominent musician say that uh, because I feel mm. like over the years, what the Grammys are is basically just an opportunity to do like cool mashups of artists. Like Kendrick Lamar and Imagine Dragons actually did a cool performance a few years ago, I think. Uh, or like uh, years and years ago, um, Elton John and Eminem yes. did Stan. Yes. Yeah. And then this year, uh, Dua Lipa, she's a new pop, car- pop star from the UK, and St. Vincent did a collaboration that was really, really cool. Um, I like that a lot. So I think that's that's pretty much. It's basically. I wish they would just frame it more as that because they they talk about it as as a night to um, celebrate music, which is like all right. It's, it's it's really not though. I mean, it's to celebrate it's, a certain very specific you know. No, level. It's, it's
0: but but it's not to celebrate It's 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 more to celebrate themselves. It's more like the music industry's you know um, sort of version of like jacking off on itself. <laughs> Basically, like it's 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 the music industry looking in a mirror and stroking itself out to orgasm. That's that's literally what the Grammys are. And nobody like I think people some people realize it, but nobody does anything about it. Because it's like it's just I I, and I would say maybe because it's a moneymaker, but it's really not anymore. Like, you know, since we have like a like something like Bandcamp, you know, like these things don't like they matter even less and they didn't matter much to begin with (laughs) Yeah. so it's just like uh, yeah i i I don't get why people even care about the grammys frankly um i i just don't understand it like and like you know again like i've said this i said this earlier today you know if we're going to talk about something like i feel like like or like you know, for a subject like this, I think this subject is best not talked about in a way because it's just like, like why give these fucks any more power? (laughs) Like, like this is just like, if you think it's inconsequential, then just like, you know, treat it as inconsequential instead of, instead of doing all these like, oh, let's react videos. Like, like, you know, uh, like Needle Drop does, you know, uh, Grammys every year. And it's just like, Okay, like that's that's cool but but it's like why does any of this matter?
1: Well, and that, and, uh, uh, so. I think you know for example, people who most people know I like music and you know a lot of people have asked me you uh, or a- asked my girlfriend Lauren or, or me you know did are you gonna watch the Grammys or whatever because I think to a lot of people they do maybe they're not as invested in it or they don't they aren't going to watch it or don't really care about it. Um, but they do think it means something, so I, maybe there is some value. I mean, obviously not going too extensive. Yeah, but
0: but it's, it's it's like I think this value like like I think we we tend to forget that value is not an objective quality. It's 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 very based on perception. Like you know, exam I mean, if, if you just want to cross genres a little bit or cross mediums um film like the academy awards like there's there's you know there's a reason that a term such as oscar gold you know or like oscar bait is you know uh used because like they really the the awards they they, they don't really count what's best in the in the field for that year they cover uh, only on like sort of um, on itself, like sort of the people who are like in on the whole thing, mm-hmm. like it's like it's sort of like I mean, it, it, I mean, it, in a way, it's sort of like the one percenters, sort of just holding a party for themselves, in a way. Like mm-hmm. not not like not to a too political, but it's like akin to this. Um, I, I yeah, I just don't get it, and I think the the annoying thing too is just like now there are certain bands that. Are just like going to have like Grammy-nominated, Grammy award-winning and Grammy award winning artists attached to their their title now. Yeah. Like example, Greta Van Fleet, <laughs> which yes. I didn't even know that they had won. I I, I thought they had gotten
1: snubbed, but um, oh no, like, I guess not. Yeah. So I think maybe that's good. So we don't spend too much time on this, just to talk a little bit about the winners and and what. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think right off the top. Record of the year, I know, I imagine you're not super stoked. I'm not. I mean, I, I I do like the... Okay, I like the the whole package. I like the video and the song together. But this is about, you know, record of the year. So yeah. I guess I I would have rather had... See, this is the problem with a lot of these categories. And my problem with the the, the Grammys in general. Because, I mean, every award show has, you know, people I think should have gotten nominated or, or people who... Um, you know, or, or yeah. like that. But like, what I don't understand is that there's never inconsistency. Where is this a popularity contest, or is this supposed to be you know about critical opinion? L- like That's the thing.
0: Like, is is it's sort of both, but like and it's, none it's, it's at yeah, the same it's time. never
1: consistently both. Like you know, some yeah. some of these categories are just full of just you know like Post Malone and stuff, and you know, Drake, God's Plan by Drake. It just it's full of. Um, you know, s- s- some of some of the the. Um... Some of the categories
0: are like really stupidly named too. Like, isn't there still like an urban music? Oh, um,
1: which is, which is basically just their not so subtle way of saying like best black artist of the year. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, and, and I, I'm not one to sort of poke at this type of thing, uh, but it's just like it's so blatantly racist. It really, yeah, really. Like, like it's it's not. It, it's just like it's just like oh, black people go here. Like, <laughs> which is like such bullshit because like I mean. I, like there's so many fantastic black artists out there, and it's just like oh we're we're just gonna stick them here because like you know, it's just <laughs> Fuck and them, it's so odd too <laughs> that's, because that's so annoying
1: because obviously they have to use that kind of euphemism because saying you know best black artist of the year would be kind of odd. But like if you ask someone, what does urban contemporary mean, like obviously yeah. you would say the best young black artist, and it's like okay, well then why do you have a, like it's just it like, seems kind of odd to you know just chuck them in this category like you said
0: yeah it's Um.
1: it's really odd
0: and then just there are some you know i don't know there are some categories like you know i I think anything to do with jazz pretty much that's just like a joke because like if you look at the jazz awards there's basically nobody who's like you know actually doing something new with jazz in any of these like okay, like example, large jazz best large jazz ensemble album, uh, nominated uh, the Count Basie Orchestra directed like by Scotty Barnhart. Like, you really think that the Count Basie <laughs> Orchestra is going to be doing something new with jazz? Like, th- this is this is what I mean. It's 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 not about it, it, It's it's just it's this whole thing is just so masturbatory. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's also I, I interesting just, to I don't me don't that, the point.
1: that like I mean none of these. Or, I mean, I didn't... Wa- again, I didn't watch the whole... Actually, I didn't watch any of the... You know, it live. But it's so weird to me that they have so many jazz categories, yet n- I assume none of them were shown on the telecast. Like, improvised oh, yeah, no, they improvised jazz solo. Definitely jazz, not. But, but you, can, you can
0: actually say... You can say the same thing about the Academy Awards. There's oh, actually yeah, a Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. They, like, like, I'm pretty sure like they have like a bunch of production awards that they don't, that they don't film, but they still do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is funny because I feel
1: like those people probably deserve awards Mm. more than most of the actors. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, (laughs) But I guess to be a bit more positive, there are some winners I was happy to see, like uh, The Window by Cecile McLaurin-Salvant. Actually, I talked about her in my favorite albums of the year last year. She won Best uh, Jazz Vocal Album, and I think that's a great pick. In the metal category, Mm -hmm. um, High on Fire fire winning is really, really cool. uh, Because usually that category has been kind of a... A joke not only in who wins but who's nominated like i think one year tenacious d was nominated and it's like <laughs> like are you, are you see like they're not even a serious hey, Scott, no one can destroy the metal the metal oh, will strike geez. you down with a vicious blow i mean even okay even putting aside <laughs> the fact that i'm not really a big tenacious d fan like yeah. it's kind of insulting that and i think one year uh like a live track from like one of black sat it was a live track from I don't remember. It was either Iron Band or Black Sabbath from, like, their, like, final tour album was not made. It's like, really? Like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, um, see, I, I, I think,
0: like, part of the problem with some of these, like, more, not necessarily esoteric categories, but, like, more less mainstream is that, like, you know, I think a lot of the people who vote on the Grammys don't actually listen to any of these bands. Yeah. And, like, in actually, like, are contributing members of, like, metal at all? Yeah. You know, so, like, so they're probably just like, oh, just, just give it to these guys. They're yeah, like, exactly. You know, because, like, like, I mean, let's just, Under Oath and Trivium were both the nominee for best metal performance, and, and, I mean, I, I don't think I need to go on with that, I, to I, say that, that, I, that neither of those
1: would be there, but... I do appreciate that it was a very, perhaps, I mean, maybe this is just because of what metal is, um... It was a very diverse category in terms of who yeah. was nominated. Uh, like I would have been fine with Honeycomb winning. I didn't really love the new Def Heaven. Yeah, uh, I would have been fine with that. I'm glad Electric Messiah won. Um, I'm obviously, yeah. I'm obviously I, glad that BT Band so, did win. <laughs>
0: but, I don't know if you noticed a when it comes to rock too that Chris Cornell won uh, best rock performance. Yeah, I saw that. And. Uh, I'm really divided on that because I I love Chris Cornell. Like Soundgarden has a couple of my favorite albums of all time. And, you know, Chris Cornell is just one of my favorite singers. And, you know, when I personally heard about his suicide, like I was chilled to the bone. Mm -hmm. And like it really, really got to me. Uh, It like it was like really one of the first like musician deaths that really affected me personally. Um but I really like this award, just feels like it's like, oh, you know, he's dead now. So, let's, yeah. Let's, yeah, let, yeah, like it's, it, it just feels so, um, this fake, you know, and just sort of, it's, it's pandering, I think is the right word. Yeah, I have to it's, agree. It's, it's not to say that I, I, he deserves, you know, a lot of awards. Like a lifetime does. achievement award,
1: like, you know, the like kind yeah. of, a, yeah.
0: Yeah, but, but, but even those are kind of lame. Like and, yeah. then, and then sometimes they leave them out. Like, you know, like in the Academy Awards uh, a couple of years ago, uh, when Harold Ramis died, uh, Bill Murray had to do all the, uh, you know, in in, in memoriam. Uh, and they didn't have Harold Ramis on it at all. So at the end, he actually just ad-libbed and added it himself. Because, like, apparently the Academy doesn't care about Harold Ramis, which is like, dude, like, the guy made Groundhog Day, Ghostbusters, like... Yeah. On and on and on, so it's just like, it you know, it it it's, it's not, th- this thing isn't about majority rules, and this thing really isn't about critical acclaim. It's just about, you know, it, it's it's basically like an oligarchy on music. Yeah, I mean, is, is, exactly is the best way to put it because it's not really like, the it's it's a small group of people, who are trying to represent a wider whole, basically. Yeah, for sure. It, so um, I would also like to point out that. Uh, Greta Van Fleet's From the Fires, which is, you know, the one thing that they won. Uh, It actually is not a rock album. (laughs) So, like, it's its best rock album. Um, But it's, in fact, an EP.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and also, I mean, one of the other things that's weird about the Grammys is is what's nominated. Like, it's never, like, they cut it off mid-year, but that's never, like, I I think... um, uh, P- Pippin Butterfly was up for a Grammy, like almost a year and a half out from when it was released. Like I think because it came out too late for the submission, um, so that's always weird. And also the fact that e- yeah, it's kind of weird. That- but on the other hand, I mean this category is kind of a mess. Best rock album, like I mean yeah. I can kind of see Ghost fitting. I mean Ghost are kind of this weird. They don't really fit in metal. They don't feel like really fit in rock. I mean, I think prequel. Well, the, pre- the, the the new that new Ghost album. I I would say that that it is more uh, hard
0: rock. That that's more yeah. It's more like arena rock than anything. Yeah, that that's true. Um, um I mean, I, I don't understand why Allison. I mean, again, yeah, it, it is sort of a mess because I, I would say Allison Chains is like closer to metal, but I wouldn't put them as a metal band either. So I think maybe
1: an all best alternative music album. Maybe I
0: I mean if they had like a best hard rock album. Yeah,
1: but I don't like, think they go that. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I,
0: th- I think, like, they're already
1: splitting hairs, I think, here. Yeah, and exactly. Th- this would just be, you know, overkill. But, like, the, the um, I think the other two are, the, like, the I mean, I don't know if you've listened to Follow Point recently, but they're just not a rock band anymore. I tried to listen to, like, the first single off of Mania. Oh. And it, it
0: was so bad horrible I just refused to listen to any more of it. And I just want to forget it, basically. Yeah. I just... No. Like, it was horrible. And, and I... And, I mean, I love... Like like uh Infinity on High,
1: I adored that album. Like I'm not anti Fallout Boy. <laughs> like Yeah. So it's just, and, and and they picked Weezer specifically, which I mean I'm not a big Weezer fan at all, but I mean of it of their more recent albums, that's what everyone considers like one of the worst. Like, because of yeah, exactly. had Somewhat it's, of a renaissance recently, and that was yeah. Kind
0: of but a, with the White Album, though, like yeah. you would think, like oh, let's pick that one instead. Yeah,
1: <laughs> or like because yeah. I don't, I don't really know. And then like best alternative music album again, that's kind of like it's it's just kind of an odd. You know, you have Bjork. With Beck and Arctic Monkeys, St. Vincent David. Burr. Like, that's just a weird... That's kind of, yeah. we want to nominate these people, but let's just shove them somewhere. I don't know.
0: Yeah, but, the, like, the thing with Beck the last couple of years with the Grammys, like, it,
1: hasn't he just, like, started winning, like, a ton? And of... I don't know why, because, uh, frankly, I've never been a huge Beck fan, but it I don't... It totally is a good album, but... Yeah, uh, actually, I, I just bought that recently because i am been trying to get more into him, and I enjoyed yeah. it, but... Um, it's a devil's... Heart. His more yeah, recent cause... stuff has just not been like good yeah like, Again, I, I haven't listened to the full albums so with the recent singles i've heard i'm like this is not it's not that great i don't understand why he's see
0: i again i i think this is like i i think that they're trying to make up for like you know not giving him an award for like odelay or you know um what, what, a mellow gold is that is that the one that has um loser on it uh, i think so yeah yeah okay yeah like like either of those two or like like i, I think it's stuff like that and you know not not to get a little more salty but um I really don't
1: understand why by
0: American utopia was nominated for anything but
1: <laughs> yeah that <laughs> album I, that that was probably one of um that's something i, I kind of wanted to suggest we do uh this year is just like at the end of the year do a segment about just a few of our more disappoint like disappointments of the year because the more i thought about that album cuz i think i saw it um, when I was CD shopping, um, no, 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 there was—I uh, think Newbury was having a vinyl sale, and they had it on vinyl. And then I like I re-listened to it a little bit, and I was like, man, this was such a letdown because I really yeah. liked the lead single, but then from the entire album as a whole, the lyrics were just super corny, and I'm just—I was really let down because I like some was more recent. Stuff. I really liked the collaboration did with Saint Vincent. Obviously, I like Talking Heads. But yeah that, yeah, that that album is it, my life in the bush. of Ghosts is a great. That's album that's too. a great. Yeah, was, uh, with Brian Eno. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel like that is kind of just um, like one of those. Hey, David Byrne released an album. We like David Byrne. Let's <laughs> let's nominate yeah, it. Yeah, but
0: the, the that's the funny thing is like they give it to him again. They give it to him now, but they don't give him to
1: it like you know twenty years ago. <laughs> oh yeah, but there are a lot but, like when I mean, it would actually matter. I think Rolling Stone gave like, most early metal albums really bad scores, and now they're like, oh, yeah, no, we, oh, yeah. we love Black Sabbath. Or, or, we love... I mean, or or, or the famous, um, you know, the, the
0: the famous snub at, like, the first metal awards that Jethro oh, Tull yeah. in, instead Jesus. of Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> which, I, I like Jethro Tull, okay, but, like... I do, too, but, like, guys, for the first, first ever metal like, Grammy. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. honestly, the only other thing I had to say about the Grammys, which I think is kind of... This has happened, I think, the last couple of years, or at least it's happened more recently. Is that there's been a tie? Like th- there were two ties this that, year, and and how 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 did that happen? I mean, they have well, a lot of people I, vote in the academy.
0: So yeah, but but I think you know, I I, I mean, their voting procedure always gets a little weird. It's very odd, yeah. Um, they, they they don't really. It's not, you know, very um well known. Knowledge of, it's it's not like it's not something you can really like like it's it's obvious like it's it, it's not like you know like voting for the president um though that I mean th- th- that's a whole other thing that's <laughs> it's not that obvious in a way but like you know for, for these like yeah it, it is yeah. weird that there is like this this tie but at the same time I sort of just don't like like I don't really know why it matters like like, like just so what, like, like, do, do, do they just, like, slice the award in half and just, like, give one half to the other, like, person? Like, I don't know what's up with that. Like, actually, it reminds me, there's a Simpsons episode where, um, I want to say Lisa, Lisa or Lisa Bart, wins, like, an Oscar, I think. Uh-huh. Um, and he, they they feel bad about it, so they end up, like, slight, like, literally getting a saw blade and slicing it into like 120 whatever pieces and yeah. handing handing those pieces out to everybody who worked on the production. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um but yeah, it's just like it's just another another weird thing of just like why this has to be a thing.
1: Um yeah, I mean to be honest, I I definitely I feel like I, I've never had the chance to like publicly vent about, or you know, as public as we are, vent about the Grammys. Yeah. I can't imagine we will talk about this next year, or really. I, ever I I really
0: hope not. Um, I, I just honestly. I wanted a
1: chance because so. as I was looking at this, I was like, I just want to talk about this. You know, I, I yeah. I, I don't. I, I don't really. I get that. I don't really want to make this. You know, I think that uh, Fantano does this because people. Um, it, it, it gets the views. Yeah, but people like it, and you know who doesn't like a good shit post? Because usually, because of the nature of the Grammys, that's what it ends up being. Just yeah, but that. see, um, see, like
0: th- that's personally like the type of attitude that that I'm I'm personally trying to keep away from. Yeah, for know? sure. Um, no, totally but but at it. the same time, like like this isn't. It's not like this is my podcast. This is our podcast. So you know, it, I, I I'm obviously you know like we decide on things together.
1: Yeah, you know, and I, I feel like so. like you know this was a good comment. Like we didn't just say like "lol," like "fuck" Grand Affan Fleet. Or, you yeah, know, like we, we it's it's really talking. You know, again, that category was a mess, and it's you know, they're Just the, so the, many, whole, the whole the thing whole thing is a is mess. A mess. Yeah, like every every category, it doesn't it just doesn't make sense. You know, you have people, um, and it kind of goes to what I talked about earlier about how pop music has kind of. Like, Cardi B and, and Ariana Grande are just nominated as, you know, I don't want to say normal artists and Sound Condescending or Pretentious, but, like, even a few years ago, those type of artists wouldn't really, um, like, it took Taylor Swift quite a number of albums to be seen as, like, a you know a Grammy-worthy artist, and, you know, here we are with Cardi B's first album, and she's, you know, up there with everyone else. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah. F- I feel like the Grammy is having, tr- I feel like they don't know what they are, and they're not doing a good job of trying to figure that out on the fly. Um, I, I think it's just like you know. Um, I think it has
0: a lot to do with popularity because yeah. it, you know, like, uh, like I was just looking on uh, Amazon Prime for for just random like music documentaries, and they already have a documentary on Cardi B. Jeez. Um, So and I'm like, hmm, that's um, out of all the people who deserve a documentary, yeah, exactly, like, exactly, yeah. It, it's and again, I it just it just has to do with the popularity because like you know, I I really like you know, I wish Cardi B success, but I mean I, I feel like by twenty twenty, we're just that she'll be sort of a footnote.
1: Yeah, like I don't know. I mean, like l- 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 like, you know, one of those people. Like maybe if we're lucky, it'll be Greta Van Fleet, but. Um. <laughs> No, but like you know, the great example is everyone thought Nicki Minaj was gonna be the you know, the female Jay Z and she was gonna be yeah. this big rapper and her Well
0: and, and she was for a few years. And she was for initially, but then
1: you know, over the and years And then Cardi
0: B takes over because there couldn't apparently be only one woman rapper. Yeah,
1: like <laughs> I, I routinely forget until I you know I see her album on the rap section, uh, she released an out al- Nicki Minaj released an album last year. Nobody yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Not, not many people everybody hated yeah, it. And yeah, everyone hated it, or just generally didn't care, but you, that, it yeah. happened. She, she did yeah. release it. you um, know the, the annoying thing is that like I feel like no name probably deserves
0: a Grammy as opposed to anybody else well and,
1: and that that's the thing that's one of, one of the reasons Drake kind of made the comments he did is historically the Grammys have had no idea how to approach rap music is yeah. like they don't or just like a- any
0: genre, any that genre pop
1: but I, I feel like metal and rap music for some reason are the two genres they have the most difficulty with. Like, they, they nominate weird people for both categories. They never consistently give it to... Like, some years they gave it to an album like to, to, to Pimp a Butterfly, which is more so, like, a critically acclaimed album than, than you know, I think, this year they gave it to fucking Cardi B. Like, you know, it's, yeah. they're never consistent well, it's, about... Again, it's
0: I think with, with those, you know, with those genres, like, you know, they, they can have some pop appeal, but, like, most of the time they're sort of out there when it comes to, you know... Uh, not not sort of popularity but just sort of uh ideology i i can't really think of the word that like there's there's a difference like you, you don't see you know someone who is like hardcore into rap much these days like I, at least you know like when you say when you meet someone who listens to, like when you ask them if they listen to rap they'll be like oh yeah i love post malone or like you know what what have you but like you rarely have someone who's like, "Oh yeah, Bone Thugs and Harmony." Like, <laughs> so like, you know, it, it's it, it's sort of like when you're a metal fan, you get into like these weird niche bands, you know, like Asteroid and things like that, and you know, it, it's just like, I I don't think the Grammys, like, I don't think any of the Grammy voters are really in that type of circle. You know, either rap or metal. So it's like, in a way, you almost can't blame them. But it's like, if
1: if that's the case, why even have these categories? (laughs) Yeah, like they they feel or they recognize that they need. I mean, quote unquote, really to talk about them, but like like they don't really want to or know how to.
0: If if the like, I feel like the voting, like the voting body, should be comprised of people who like actually listen to music. Because it it doesn't feel like, like like the people who vote on the Grammys actually listen to music. Like that's honestly what it feels like. It, it, it like it feels like they they look at, you know, the raw statistics. You know, like like they they, they aggregate like you know critical analysis, and they aggregate like record sales, mm-hmm. and like just sort of smush them all together. Like it it, it feels like it's like um. Like I, I don't like, like like you know how like in a corporation, um, there's sort of like this administration that you know like like it's sort of like how bureaucracy sort of takes away humanity in a yeah. way like like how like the administration in a corporation just has no idea what it's like to be on the bottom anymore. And they've just lost all touch with humanity yeah. in a sense. It, it's like that. It's just like it's the music version of that. It's it's just yeah. Like, but I I really I, I don't want to say anymore, frankly, because yeah, no, I just I, I don't want to give these fucks any more attention. <laughs> so um, that's but
1: that's just me. So <laughs> no, I feel you. I feel you. Um, yeah. Anyway, we have a couple albums we want to touch on.
0: Yes. Um
1: the first of which being the new um Zarface album, Zarface meets it's Ghostface. Like Ghostface. Uh came out yeah. um the 15th. Yeah, oh yeah, so this past Friday. It, it, it just yeah,
0: it just yeah. came out
1: this past Friday. So it's, it's Zarface
0: and uh Ghostface Killer collaboration. Um for those who don't know Zarface is basically like discount mf doom with uh <laughs> with Inspector deck and uh esoteric uh i, I I'm sorry I, I I know how mean that sounds but it, it, it it's kind of true um because like I mean it, it's another hip-hop duo or re- it's just like it, it's another hip-hop group that is just taking you know like comic book imagery and making that like their main thing which is what doom's been doing
1: since like I don't know the late 90s. <laughs> yeah, and, and they really burst onto the scene out of because I feel like Inspector Deck never got um and I'm not saying this as you know like you know I've always been a big Inspector Deck fan. Like, no, like he yeah. he never got the attention from me or you know, it, or it, it's it's true. And but he always had like I'm pretty sure he has one of the main verses on Cream, which and yeah, that, he, obviously he, that song's f- phenomenal. Yeah. I think it's him and uh, Raekwon have two main Versus, yeah,
0: um, yeah, I mean, he, he's, he, I mean, you know, the times he appears on 36 Chambers, it, you
1: know, he's really good, yeah. So, just, he just it, never, like, he doesn't have the same kind of personnel, like, he didn't stick out, you know, Ghostface, yeah. Raekwon, especially, you know, I, I, ODB had these, you know, very, Jizza had you know, these very specific, even the RZA. yeah, they had these you know, not only just how their voices sound, um, but just um the personality they brought. Inspector Deck has always been a good rapper, but back in 2013 the um, you know it was him, a producer 7L and uh, esoteric. Um Yeah. They teamed up for um the first starface album. I think it was self. Yeah, it's self-titled. And no, I, is it or yeah, yeah, back, yeah. Sorry, and, I was. Every Hero Needs a Villain is is this their next album. Yeah. yeah. And th- that yeah. had some great, great songs. They had um, It's Raw with Action Bronson, which is still my favorite Starface song. They actually collaborated with Ghostface on um, that album. They had, uh, you know, Rock Marciano, uh, Mr. Motherfucking Esquire, which, frankly, I always thought he had a better name than, you know, rapping, but that's fine. But, <laughs> but w- the reason I bring up most of the features is because. Um, that he really held this, you know, Inspector Deck and Esoteric really held their own and, um, blended well with the, the new kids, which was cool because what they have always done and what they do on, on this, this latest album, Ghostface is just bring back that New York boom bap sound. You know, they really just, uh, uh, do that kind of comic book themed, um, Similar to, like you said, M of Doom, or, you know, so some uh, you know some of the other Wu-Tang members have always been fans of comic books. Yeah, and... but, like, they, they, they've always been fans, but they've
0: never, like, gone, like, full oh, into Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why I just, I can't help but compare these guys to Doom. It, and the fact that they did a collaboration with Doom last year. Yes. I, I think was, you know, great. I, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. So um. Can I be honest though? I, I I was so meh on this album. It was like, really, really
1: like okay. Like it was yeah, exactly. It's one of those albums that it's really. I always find these albums, these types of albums, more difficult to talk about than an album that I think is fantastic or even an album that I yeah. think is terrible. Because it's just really. If you like Ghostface, if you like what Starface has done, or you like that, you know, kind of OG boom bap sound. I mean, there's some cool, they kind of got that. Um, you know, that, that comic book vibe or, like, something you'd yeah. hear in kind of, you know, like, well, like a comic book cartoon or whatever. Uh, like, those kind of samples in a boom-bap setting. You know, I, you a know lot of... to, to be fair,
0: like, I really didn't hear a whole lot of that. I, as as much as I heard it, like, you know, like, on the MF Doom collaboration or oh, on, I, like I, Orange, I, just, just, like, any Doom album.
1: I so. definitely think the production here was... It, it was weaker in that regard it than really the past was. albums. I think you still you still heard it to a degree, but like the one of the reasons I I brought up that um, Action Bronson song, uh, it's raw, is because that has a great forward you know like pretty um, in your face horn sample, and it's so the beat is so booming, and I feel like that's how of production defined what Starface did right out of the gate, and. I, lo- I lost interest a little bit over the years. I mean, I love that debut, but I feel like they've kind of... I think there's virtue in knowing what you're comfortable doing, know what you're, you're good at doing as a musician, and kind of sticking to that. But this album really just felt kind of stale to me. And I, I feel bad saying yeah. that, because I, really I really do like what they do. It just was it just really did not... It was a struggle to listen. Yeah. I only listened to this twice, and it was a struggle me to hear the whole time. I, it just, it I wasn't, found it. It was difficult, yeah. Because and again, the, the tough part is it really. It's not because it's bad. It's just it really. After a while, it was it's just like, it's very lackluster. It's Very just every every song they kind of have the same type of energy, and it's not like you know really slow and, and boring necessarily, but they kind of have the same kind of mid-paced um, attack on every single every single song. Yeah. See,
0: I I'm trying to sort of like zero in on the issues that are inherent in this album and like i you know it reminds me a lot of ghostface Killah's last album that just came out last year yeah that we talked um, about yeah yep. yeah and again we found that was very meh but i think the difference is that like this time i think ghostface is the one who brings the most energy
1: i agree actually yeah like like it, like every
0: performance he puts in in this album is like stellar um it's just that like it, it's more like the constituent elements that make up this album don't really add up to something that um, you would maybe not expect. But like you know, I, I I feel like it's it's more like these guys are capable of so much more, and it just sort of didn't add up this time. It isn't to say that there there aren't bad tracks because like um like powers and stuff I thought was a really fun track, um. The King Heard Voices, I thought, was really cool, too. Except for, the, um, I think it's that one that has, like, that really weird choral sample that was just, like, it just felt out of place. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as like, the chorus of the, or, like, the hook of the album, or hook of the song. Yeah. Um, and I, but, but the rest of it was really cool. But, yeah, just, the most part, just, like, it was just very kind of bland. And, like, I, I felt like the times that they tried to lean on like the whole czarface persona i felt like it was just it came off more cheesy and sort of um you know forced rather than you know something natural like like that the opening track back at the ringside is just basically a um like you know just like a skit and it's just like czarface just talking to us and it's just like it's like okay like let's let's start this thing like i i mean I can even say, like, you know, I, I, I think the beginning of uh, Mad Villainy is really funny. Uh, even though I'm not, you know, the biggest fan of Mad Villainy, um, I still think, like, that the intro skit, like, actually works for what it does. Uh-huh. But, like, this doesn't. It, maybe it's not fair to compare this to Mad Villainy because that, that, that's just a whole, like, that's a whole other stratosphere when it comes to rap. Um,
1: but... I, th- yeah. I think, to me, the, what the biggest issue, or at least if I, if I had to kind of diagnose what the issue is, is, you know, Zarface came out in 2013, 23- the self-titled debut came out in 2013, uh, yeah. then they followed up in 2015, Every Hero Needs a Villain, you know, that's yeah. you know, good distance uh, between, but then they've been releasing a new album every, you know, 2015, 2016, 17, and, in, in, you know, 2018 is obviously when they drop, you know, Zar- Zarface meets Metal Face with MF Doom. And now, so maybe they're trying to spice it up by bringing in a new MC, but like, take a break, man. Like, you know, you, yeah. you don't need to be pumping out now, you know, an album every year because it's starting to get a little stale as a result. Because there's only, I mean, they do something very specific. It's not like, and I'm not necessarily, um you know, speaking to the the, the quality of music or anything, but it's not someone like. Kendrick Lamar, who specifically tries to do something different, and again, not saying necessarily what he does is, is good or what, whatever, because I know, yeah. we, but like, you know, an artist like that, or, or someone like Danny Brown, or, you know, there are different rappers who take time between projects because they try to do something different, and yeah, it sucks that we only get a Danny Brown album every, you know, few years, but every time we do, like, at least, it's fantastic. At, least, yeah, at least currently yeah. in his career, I think every album he's done has been great in, in its own way. Yeah. With rap, because there's so many components. Like, I mean, you can spit out a hip hop beat and and you know some rhymes really easily, but to make it something that's worthwhile, that takes a lot more time. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you can you, you can you can pull together a hip hop beat in like an hour, maybe um that's like
0: pass- passable I, you, you you could do it in like yeah i feel like you could do it in like 15 minutes nowadays sure with, yeah uh, with, with like you know fruit loops and everything yeah so. i mean
1: something that was like you know passable for a mixtape or something because obviously you can make like a really I, I,
0: well sh- i mean the bar is pretty
1: low nowadays that's that's, that's true you kind of just you, um, you throw on some some ambient samples and then just you know pl- screen. yeah <laughs> Um, just,
0: just yell at the microphone. Talk about your feelings. Exactly. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, well,
1: things haven't changed since high school, Scott. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so okay, kind of unfortunate that I didn't like this more. I mean, again, definitely don't dislike this. Just kind of not. Didn't have the same energy. Didn't have the same kind of quality that I expected. Yeah, from that.
0: I, I think, um, you know, if Ghostface sort of took all his verses. And sort of put like another producer on under it and things like that. Like I think this would be like really good. Yes, I but, agree. But like the, again, like Ghostface is the one who's really just like keeping this thing
1: afloat. It feels like, and which it's just which I it's just it's just not enough. Which I basically. think speeds the narrative of them being kind of worn out. But I guess also Ghost. I mean. Well, I think it kind of works because, you know, Inspector Deck and Esoterra, so they've kind of been doing this, you know, album after album, whereas Ghostface, I mean, this is somewhat new for him. You know, he's never collaborated, or he hasn't collaborated with Inspector Deck for or a full album since the Wu-Tang days. Yeah, but, like,
0: like e- even even that last Ghostface album, like, that, like, I-, I felt like his, you know, his verses were good. Like, I-, I feel like Ghostface, as a performer and, like, as a rapper, always has some really killer hooks and, like, some killer verses. But, like, I think it's the production he's under that sometimes suffers a lot. Yeah. Um, but, like, the, I think that's why I think Sour Soul is such a great album. Yes. Because, like, he has just, like, you know, like, having Bad Bad Not Good under him as production just really, really compliments him. Absolutely. And, like, I, you know, just so many great tracks on that album. And I think... um is it is it six degrees with uh, Danny Brown? Yes, which is like oh, that's I, a great, I think great song. That's 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 like the highlight of that album for me. Either that or um, I think it's food near the end of it is really good mm-hmm. too. Um, yeah, like just like it, it does. It just feels a little like lopsided in a way, and just yeah. I you know I and I I wanted to like I was I was really psyched for this because it's Ghostface Kill is is probably my favorite mu member. member. Um, yeah, I can't really... I mean, maybe Jizza, but I, I think more Ghostface than anybody. Because he, he just... he Like, he has this wave of wordplay that, like, it isn't as esoteric as, like, an Aesop Rock or, like, a Jizza. Yeah. But it really gets to the point and, like, you know, he, he, like, it's still, like, just super accessible. Like, it, he, despite the fact that, you know, sometimes it can be a little, like, Sort of weird. Um, is it like when it comes to like the internal rhymes and things like that? Yeah. Like, like actually, weird, weird little moment. I was reading, uh, they, they, there's a track in here where he references Gorillas in the Mist. Um, I, I can't remember which one uh, this was, but I was actually reading Gorillas in the Mist at like that exact moment. Oh, that's funny. Which <laughs> is like, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, just what's going on? Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it sucks that this this thing, um, you know, maybe, like, if they had waited a little bit, you know, to put this thing out, like, it, it not, not exactly, like, saying that, you know, being prolific is bad, but, like, I think, you know, if, if they had waited, like, I don't know, like, another six months, put this thing out in, like, July, August... You know, I, I I maybe maybe it'd be a little bit better. Like maybe if they spent a little more
1: time on production. Yeah. And but and I feel like that's an issue with a lot. I mean, again, not every rapper is like this. I just brought up a couple that I think are uh, um, kind of buck that molds. But um, yeah, there is kind of a theme in hip hop these days that in order to be relevant, you kind of have to produce like on a very regular basis. And I think that's unfortunate because. There are so many albums by, I mean, that's kind of what the rise of the mixtape has been, um, because you know, rappers can just shit out a uh, you know kind of mediocre project with a lot of extras, and then say, hey, here you go, here's some more music, and like it's not worthwhile. Um, and then of course we've obviously talked about stream trolling number of times, and I kind of wish it. I think especially older artists like Ghostface who feel like they need to stay relevant, like they need to. Um, Release in order to keep their name in the conversation because they very easily could start to fade away. Um, I don't know. I kind of wish that wasn't the case, but yeah, I I get you.
0: Well, we have uh we have one more thing to talk about, two more. We have albums of the week, but that that doesn't that never takes long. But um, so it's been a while since we've done um, album anniversary, talking about an album that. Turns uh, a specific age, uh, like a big number, uh, you know, during this month. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about it this week, and there's a lot of really good stuff that comes out like next month. Uh, but today, uh, we found um, something interesting that that I'm really psyched like to talk about. Uh, Dark Thrones Transylvanian Hunger turns 25 this month. Yeah, which is super weird to think about that uh, it's been 25 years since that since this. Um. Yeah, I you know so dark. Thirm, like this album actually was was the first black metal album I ever listened to. Yeah, and and that was um, I was
1: super shocked that I think it was the first one you. Well, I guess by virtue of being the first one you listened to, it was one of the first ones you liked. And yeah, I was surprised it, it that really you got did to me because yeah. I remember for when we first met and started talking about metal, black metal was not something that you really had much interest in.
0: Or you know, I, I I think there's. I mean, there's a big stigma around black metal, and, and it deservedly so. Oh sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, just just with the whole church burnings and you know racism and yeah. murder, um, <laughs> that has just sort of surrounded it. So, like, I think before I had even really listened to any black metal, I had read Lords of Chaos, uh, which is mm-hmm. a great book. I, I highly recommend it for anybody who's a big uh, you know black metal fan because it really gets into sort of the early. Um, like, first wave uh, black metal bands, like, sort of proto-black metal. And then, you know, and then it spends a lot of time on the second wave, and then sort of, uh, it sort of diverges into, like, this social type of, um, not manifesto, but, like, something close to, like, it it talks a lot more about, like, sort of the violent outcomes of black metal as opposed to the music. Mm -hmm. But I still found it to be uh, a really interesting read. But nonetheless, and there's a movie, uh, actually. They're making a movie out of it this, that's coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so, so having read that, I think I had, like, just sort of the stigma against it. And, you know, like, I, I had, uh, I knew a person who I would talked to about music a lot. And, you know, he'd be like, stay away from Burzum, man. Like, those guys are fucking creepy. And, like, I, or, like,
1: Burzum and Mayhem, really. Um, I mean, to be fair, that's not, like, super off-base Considering who Varg is, but. yeah, or or really just you know
0: the early days of Mayhem with Dead, like you know, yeah, the and the whole fight, and taking pictures of
1: Dead being Dead. Oh Jesus! Um, I think I still think that's probably one of the most fucked up things in metal is that they actually use that photo for their EP. But in, in any case, yeah, I I mean. In a way it sort of makes sense because I mean Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I I can't say it's shocking, but like it's just yeah. it's uh, or, so, or or, or shocked that they did it but anyway. All
0: i to say is that like, you know, this was you know, like listening to actually listening to it, it was really interesting. I think I you might have put on Mayhem's uh, that 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 big mayhem album that, that you Oh know, uh De Mysterious mean? Dos Dom Centus. Which yeah, by the way, I, like
1: I, many black metal albums, is improper Latin, but I'm not one to judge because I don't know Latin, but I've 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 read you know several albums that you know try to use Latin. They are used like pretty wrong. Um, oh yeah, but... well I
0: you know like not not to get too off track, but like so many me- it feels like so many metal albums nowadays just make up words. Yeah, they're, <laughs> to, they're like this sound cool, like um like Repentless, the last Slayer album. Like Repentless oh, Jesus, is not a word. Yeah. That, that, that... Um, <laughs> or or just That's like I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but like there's a lot of um eosis like of, of osis and em sort of that that like like people think that like oh let's just put like a random word and then put osis at the end oh yeah em at the end <laughs> it's just like oh yeah like that that that's gonna be that word. Yeah, that, that, that's, yeah that's a word yeah it's just like no <laughs> like but i think some of them are just like not pretentious but just like like, like kind of conceptually lofty and perhaps too much so for their music yeah totally that, that they try to call things like, like the new downfall of gaia album oh, i geez. forgot what the name i of actually i was. actually
1: enjoyed. i mean i didn't listen to in full because uh, you know i just didn't have time uh but the, when i listened to it was good but yeah the, yeah the i mean I, I i i have it
0: on my to to listen list
1: because i i it
0: looks cool but it's called uh the ethic of radical finitude oh yeah that yeah, which I, is like, I, yeah. like fuck
1: you yeah what does that like, even mean? Yeah, you know, spoiler, exactly. Spoiler alert, nothing.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but <laughs> that's sort of beside the point. You know, um, I think I had listened to that Mayhem album possibly, and I really didn't like that. But I think that was because of the vocals mostly, uh, which I, I've reneged on that. I actually really enjoy the album nowadays. But, you know, so listening to this, I, I can't actually remember when I was listening to this too, because it was it was when we were both in college. And uh, I was trying to get uh, – I was I was at that roommate lottery. Yeah. That they did, and uh, so I had my iPod on while I was waiting and just listening to listening to Transylvanian Hunger. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, this is nice. Like this is this is pretty like fucking evil and like it's yeah. I I I so it's a really great. I think it's a really great album, but I don't think it's one of the best black metal albums ever made. But I, I think
1: it's an essential
0: black metal album.
1: Absolutely, yeah. If that makes um, sense, because yeah, it really. A lot of early black metal was basically just kind of evil thrash, uh, especially yeah. bands like <laughs> like Bathory. I mean, Bathory is a great example. Venom, essentially, yeah, Venom's another great example. It basically was just you know satan you know sat- satanic obsessed um, music, yeah, thrash, you know, kind of that yeah. kind of heavy metal, speed metal type stuff. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but I feel like Transylvanian Hunger was one of those first like just kind of. Hypnotic, repetitive, like "quote unquote" cold black metal albums, where yeah. like the production was just super, um, you know, super lo-fi. lo-fi um, and that, that, that's probably the biggest thing about this album is is the production,
0: in a way, because it's just like, like, like I I feel like even like Burzum's like Philosophim has better production than this thing, <laughs> like, but 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 I, I I don't count it against Dark Throne. Like, because I, I think the, that lo-fi recording style really works in this album's favor because, you know, it sort of adds, like, this fuzz to, you know, um, this music. And I, I think yeah. a key part of black metal is sort of the theatrics of it and sort of the emotional resonance of it, you know? And I, I think that that's why you have, like, all these tremolo picking, you know, and all this stuff. Like, it, it's about atmosphere, uh-huh. And so you know, like, like so, like the the title track that is the opening track. You know, there's a lot of just le- like that that atmosphere is accentuated by the production. I would I would argue.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Totally. Agree. Yeah. Um, and, and it I, is I, it's super repetitive and super. I, I think to me it took a while to get into that because it is kind of each song is, is it kind of settles into a groove and and yeah. that through. Um, but
0: it, it, I, it does. It, it does do that. Like there's a lot of um, like each song. I I would say with the exception of Transylvanian Hunger, I think sounds pretty much the
1: same. Yeah, yeah. But I I do appreciate how um how hypnotica. At least to me, like this is one of the best examples of like when I put this album on. It just it's it kind of has that abrasion you want from a, like, a great metal album, but at the same time. It really, um, it really can fade into the background. That's why I actually really do like Philosophim by Burzum. I, you know, I don't really plan on supporting him in any other. Well, I mean, it's kind of easy because his music kind of sucks these days. Um, <laughs> but I really do like that album, and I like what he did earlier on in his career. And he he also was very good at creating that kind of hypnotic air. Uh, that you just get kind of yeah. sucked into. And that's why, you know, Transpene Hunger, early Burism, Um Because black metal can be a lot of different things, uh, obviously. Just, just like Yeah, just like any genre. But you had bands like Mayhem and uh, kind of in that second wave that started to do more... Um, like abrasive, very much metal forward, but I feel like black metal is kind of an atmospheric art form, and that's just because I don't have i be- mm. I don't have a better way to describe it. I'm not trying to sound super pretentious, even though I am. Um, but like, <laughs> well, so, so
0: like I, I I would argue that like all music is sort of about atmosphere to a certain extent. Yeah, but it's it's sort of about the different types of atmosphere because I think you know like you listen to jazz and you're thinking cool smoke and bar, you know you know, like, hard-boiled detective type of thing, whereas, like, you listen to a death metal album, it's, like, beat you in the face in serial killers. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Whereas with here, it's, like... I I mean, I I would say just sort of, like, evil out in Norway. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, partially sort of the beauty of nature and, um, you know, a lot of Norse mythology, too. But, you know, so, like, there's this specific atmosphere that it's trying
1: to... You know, approach and it does that extremely well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, this was because if you listen to Dark Thrones pre, well, first of all, Dark Metal, uh, Dark Thrones started out as a death metal band with their very, very first album. I think it's called Soul Something. I haven't heard it. Soul Side Journey. Yes, uh, only because I haven't. I haven't really. Uh, you know, I go to Dark Throne for black metal, but at some point, I need to listen to their early death metal. Uh, but anyway, yeah. uh, Under a Funeral Moon is, is a lot of people think their best, and that's much more what you would think of, of as a, bl- a black metal album, like, like a lot See, more aggressive and stuff like that. Um, I actually don't like Under a Funeral Moon
0: that much. Um, I, I think it's okay. Like, I, I think if I was going to sort them, I would do Transylvanian Hunger, Blaze in the Northern Sky, and then Under a Funeral Moon.
1: Mm-hmm. But that's just me. Oh, um, fuck. I got confused. I got confused. Uh, Blaze in the Northern Sky is seen as their best. I mean, I think Blaze in yeah. the Northern Sky and Underfume are pretty similar. Uh, I was, yeah, I was referring they're, to, they're all very similar. Yeah, so. I was referring to Blaze in the Northern Sky. But in any case, yeah, yeah those albums are more what you consider like a like the metal forward um, black metal. And it was kind of valuable to have the band shift to this kind of hypnotic, um, lo-fi uh, sound with yourvad hunger and it, it's really proven to be very influential. I mean w- when you look at black metal these days you really are never sure um, what you're gonna get. I mean I mean it's such a a broad um, idea, frankly yeah I mean there's just some core elements that make black metal what it is. Yeah tremolo picking yeah, yeah. screeched vocals exactly exactly so it, it's it's kind of cool that um when you listen to these foundational records that really took uh, or that you you could see bands drawing influence from in, in that way and I, i've always liked Transylvanian hunger like what drew me to it was the aesthetic of it i mean when i look at it it's just is such a quintessential black metal artwork um, yeah it really is and then after listening to it, I kind of you know was I was drawn in by the music. <laughs> it wasn't just you know surface level in that regard, but mm-hmm. I really am glad that um, you ended up liking it because I, I didn't think you you would like it at all and it was interesting that you because um, i i, I I'm, I'm correct in saying that you really um, hadn't listened to much black metal.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I hadn't. Um, you know, th- to be fair, I think al- around those times, uh, my knowledge of sort of more extreme metal was very varied. Like, I think probably the yeah. most extreme metal band that I had listened to at the time was probably, like, Nile. Um, mm-hmm. Which, I mean, they, like, not n- n- not trying to diss Nile, because I, I really like, like, Ithephalic, I think, is a great album. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I, I wasn't too experienced in that. So, yeah, th- this was a cool, like, little... Like opening door, I would say that if, like black metal still didn't really click for me until I listened to uh, Shasketh's *Ophidian uh-huh. Um But still, I think th- this was a good place to start. Uh-huh. You know, I, I I wouldn't say this is a place to start nowadays um, because I, I I honestly I think that you know the production was good for its time, like a you know like that lo-fi quality, but nowadays. I think you can get a lot of really great black like straightforward black metal that's recorded a lot better yeah like and, you still uh, get the same
1: vibe but it just it, yeah, it's not exactly as, yeah.
0: like i, I think we, well we we have more technology to be able to create that atmosphere exactly whereas i i think that you know I, I i think the reason this thing stands alone in a way is because you know one you know it's it's a bunch of kids really recording this stuff in their basements um, you know, like they didn't really have a whole lot of technology as it was. Um, but I would also say that, you know, it's also because, you know, I think even if they had access to it, I, I don't think they would have used it as much because I think that was sort of purposeful to a certain extent mm-hmm. to, to have this lo-fi atmosphere. So, you know, I, I still, I think this is a great album. You know, there's a reason we're talking about it today. But you know there are other uh, there, there are other albums that I think are worth
1: listening to is well, uh, possibly more than Transylvanian Hunger. So yeah, and it's it's kind of to your point like modern death metal um, they're they're able to you know back of the day that kind of um, gruesome guitar tone was just because of you know that's how recording music works. Um yeah. so they, I mean obviously you know they they created that tone on their guitar, but then how it was captured is kind of. And nowadays, artists can capture that tone, but in a more, like, you know, Two Molds and, and A Feather and Bone, a lot of great albums that came out last year, they have that, you know, really heavy, gruesome guitar tone, but obviously the recording mm-hmm. quality is is immeasurably better, you know? Yeah. And kind of the same thing with Black Metal is, is there are a lot of artists doing that. And of course, you can get artists that are doing the same kind of lo-fi bedroom stuff that sounds like it was recorded back in the 90s. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. But if you do want to dive through history uh i think this is definitely of the you know foundational black metal records i think this is one of the essential ones if someone specifically said i want to listen to those kind of formative black metal yeah. albums, this is definitely uh, one of them
0: this is i think this is definitely the most accessible out of them too because like you know while i think mayhem's uh you know uh de mysterious is better than this um i i would it's it's not as accessible just just because of those vocals really mm mm-hmm. Um, whereas this, like you know, the vocals, you know, are still a little odd if you're not used to them, but they aren't as like in your face as Mayhem's are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm glad we talked about this. I think this is a great album. It's, it's really cool that this is 25 this year. Yeah. Uh, it, it's really strange that this it's been that long since so it's, it's amazing how much black metal has sort of just exploded. Into just all these different, uh, like little fragments. Like, it, it, it feels like there's always someone doing something new with the genre nowadays. Uh-huh. And, and I think that that's really cool. And, like, this was sort of a, like that start of it. So, uh-huh. and, um, all right, our, our last thing today, we're actually very much over time, <laughs> but who gives a shit? Uh, Albums of the week, Scott, uh, what do you have? <sighs>
1: I really hope I'm not mispronouncing this guy's name. His name is uh, Saba Alazadeh, I think. Saba Alazadeh. Um, I really love Arabic uh, calligraphy. Um, yeah. So anytime I see an album with really, that portrays that in a beautiful fashion, I'm always gravitating towards it because I also like this style of music that um, is from that, that region of the world. And he released an album called Scattered Memories. Um, this last Friday and there are a lot of elements of kind of stripped back traditional Persian classical music but there's also a lot of you know ambient electric acoustic elements and it really flows between being um, apparently his father was also a very um, prominent musician in, in this field and it sounds like a younger person with fresh ideas and a fresh sense of um, how to create music? It's more experimental genres. Approach this style of Persian classical music, um, which kind of uh, obviously it's per- cool. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Persia's not a country anymore. It's kind of like the you know Iran and that area of uh, that kind yeah. of sound that, that that drew from those traditions. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it because I got a lot of things from it. I got. You know, in some moments I felt like I was listening to an ambient album. Some, some moments I was feeling to a little bit more abrasive electroacoustic ideas, and then other just felt like a really cool um, classical piece from you know Middle Eastern um, roots. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it, and I, I was glad I gave it a shot and. Uh, it's one of those i like the cover and hey the music's good too (laughs) so yeah i
0: i want to check this out because i'm always interested in like that arabic music yeah um you know just i've always found like that yeah like that part of the world just has very interesting um like the use of intervals that they have Mm -hmm. is just i've always found really interesting just sort of how you know because a lot of these notes a lot of notes that they use are just like for a very long time outside of this area were considered basically heretical. Mm-hmm. You know, like using the tritone for a very long time was considered satanic. Yeah. Um. So you know, it's, it, it's I think it's really cool to just sort of have a culture that embraced that and made something beautiful from it. Absolutely. Um. So yeah. Uh. Um, my album of the week. So I've been sort of on a nostalgia kick. Um, so I've been listening to like you know like White Zombie and like Marilyn Manson and yeah. like things like that. Uh, so I, I had an album on yesterday that it's been a long time since I've listened to it, and it's my album of the week, so um, Deftones, uh, Saturday Night Risk. Nice. So, yeah, I you know, just listen to it, I'm like, I know, like, every single song on this album, and I love it. Like, just, like, every track is just, like, golden. Like, you know, but in particular, like, I think Hole in the Earth, uh, Beware, Cherry Waves, Xerxes, Kim Dracula. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all great, but it, but it's weird. But like even like the final track Rivière, which is like not even like a track, it feels more like a fragment. Mm-hmm. It's still really great. Um, you know, and I, I, Chino Marino's vocals are just always top notch, uh, especially on this album. And just I, I love the way that they sort of integrate more um, like more moody, like soft music to what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I like I thought. It was just it was great listening to it yesterday and um yeah, definitely album of the week for me. So Awesome. All right. Great.
1: Well that was a nice beefy
0: episode. <laughs> yes it was. Yeah, this is our longest episode ever, I think.
1: So it was bound to happen sometime.
0: Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. All right,
1: take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye.